Client onboarding is a term that we use in the wealth care business. It's similar to what you might expect if you were going to see a doctor for the first time. You may think of it as the client intake process. I think of it as, and I think most folks who do what I do, when we bring on a new client, we have a process, hopefully we have a process that we refer to as the onboarding process. So if you've ever become a new client of any firm or any uh, coach or, or anything that requires a process, there's in the beginning the onboarding process. So that's what I want to talk about in the next few minutes. Okay, but first I want to talk about your risk number. Whether you're talking about your financial planning process or your investment management program, your risk number is a very important piece of the puzzle. At Bayrock, we use a company called Riskalyze. Actually, they just changed their name. I can't even remember what their new name is, but they're an awesome, they provide an awesome tool to help you as an investor understand how much risk you have and how much risk you want to have in your portfolio. And I love this tool. I've been using it for many years. And so I want to share uh, a couple of ideas just to let you think about what your risk number is and how it can help you and how it can help your financial advisor put you in the right mix of investments. So check out this little video that I like to play over and over. What's your risk number? How much risk do you want? How much risk do you have? How much risk should you have in your investment portfolio? Did you know human beings are twice as concerned about avoiding losses as they are about achieving potential gains? That's the main reason humans tend to sabotage their investment plans, selling when they get scared, missing the recovery, and buying back in when the markets feel safe again. It's all about your risk number, a quantitative way to scientifically pinpoint how much risk you want, how much risk you need to take to reach your goals, and how much risk you actually have in your portfolio right now. The results are remarkable. So how does Riskalyze work for you? First, we painlessly pinpoint how much risk you want. The old way, stereotyping investors based on your age just doesn't work because everybody's different. You can click on our questionnaire or we can spend a couple minutes on the phone to set your risk target. Once we determine your risk number, we'll set up your portfolio. I'll then use your portfolio's risk number and a 95% probability range to show you what's normal for your portfolio under different scenarios like 9-11 or the 2008 financial crisis. Tracking the risk in your portfolio like this helps you know what to expect in any six-month period so that you can hang in there even when markets are volatile. Bayrock helps you take the guesswork out of investing. Get your risk number today. It's fast, it's free, it's fun. Click on the link below or go to noriskinvesting.com today. So thanks for watching the video. Again, you can go to noriskinvesting.com if you want to watch that video again. Uh, but it's also a place where you can go click on the link. You can click a link in this video 
to get your risk number. And it's, it's a requirement in our onboarding process at Bayrock. And it's a very important part of the process in terms of your financial plan in general. So whether you're hiring someone to manage your investments or to create a financial plan, or maybe you're doing it yourself, either way, the risk number, your risk number can be a really helpful piece of the puzzle. If you're a financial advisor and you're not using a tool like this one, check it out, click the link, get your risk number, and we can have a great conversation about what that looks like And then once you get your risk number, I'll get a notification by email and I will be able to put together a portfolio proposal based on your risk number. It's a really cool system. So the onboarding process is a process within a process. The process of financial planning is the main process that I care about as a certified financial planner. And I think, I believe, it's the main process you should care about as an investor. I think financial planning and the process you go through to conduct a financial plan is way more important than your investment management. Yes, investing is important, but the financial planning process, financial planning in general, can move the needle for you much more than investment management. And so to get started in the financial planning process, it's very important to have an onboarding process. And I want to just walk through how that works at Bayrock uh, so that if you happen to be a prospective client for Bayrock Financial or maybe you are an existing client or a new client you I want you to know how the onboarding process works but if you're working with another financial advisor then it's good to know what the other guys are doing and how their process works so you may want to kind of pay attention to this onboarding process, see what you like about it, and maybe share it with your advisor. If you happen to be a financial advisor, you will be very interested, I think. I'm always interested in seeing how someone else does the same business that I do. Do they have a better tool, a better system, a better process? So I work pretty hard on the process. And this uh, next few minutes, I want to talk about the onboarding process. So um, my mission has been, is, and always will be to help investors and families and small business owners manage the risk and opportunity of everyday life, recover from the unexpected, and realize their highest purpose. So the financial planning process for me starts with a conversation about the client's vision, their values, their purpose. I call it the conversation about purpose. But what I'm really trying to do is understand what matters most to you, the client. So the onboarding process sometimes starts with a discovery meeting, but usually uh, it starts with just a quick call to get things kicked off. And so that's what's number one, step one in the onboarding process. Uh, And you can, on any of my websites and in my social media, you can easily connect with me and book a meeting. Uh, And so that's what usually happens first in the onboarding process is a quick meeting to find out whether or not you 
and I have a basis for working together. You as an investor, uh, as someone who's looking for someone to give you financial advice, uh, that first meeting is really just to determine if there's a good fit. So uh, that's not the main meeting. It's not what I call the discovery meeting typically uh, sometimes it is and we let the customer decide so even though I have a process my team has a process and I think every financial advisor should have a process I've learned long ago that no matter what your process is my job is to meet you where you are and deal with the priorities that you have right now and so the process doesn't always go uh, like clockwork. It certainly doesn't always go the way the process is lined out in this uh, video that I'm sharing now. Uh, so as I mentioned, hopefully I've mentioned at least once that the onboarding process, the beginning of the financial planning process includes a risk analysis, a risk, we call it risk tolerance. And so that would be uh, number one, getting your risk number at Bayrock Financial as, a, as an investment advisor, investment planning, investment management, investment education is a key part of what I do for most clients. Now, some folks hire me just to do financial planning, but most people hire me to actually manage their investments. And so whether you're hiring Bayrock or someone else, or maybe you're a do-it-yourself investor, I want to invite you into the process here where you can get your risk number. So if you're going to be a Bayrock client, this is very important and I won't really be able to move forward until you do this. So if you happen to be a Bayrock client, you know you've already taken the risk uh, survey and you've gotten a risk number. And that risk number is based on the way that you answer the questions in the survey and it generates uh, a very helpful uh, schematic for me that allows me to put together a really helpful report for you to show you exactly how I would be investing your money you choose to hire me. So I typically do this before we sign any agreements uh, because I want to, it's part of getting to know one another and I think it's a super valuable part of the process. And again, uh, sometimes we do this very first. Usually it's after we do the quick get to know each other call, um, but it's usually well before we do the actual discovery meeting. Not always. So number two, get your risk number. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. There's a link pretty much everywhere you hear me talking about risk or you can go right to uh, the website, No Risk Investing. So no, K-N-O-W, No Risk Investing, because you need to know how much risk you're comfortable with, how much risk you want to take, and I will help you determine how much risk you actually have in your portfolio. So the risk number is a very important part of the onboarding process. Next, we have the actual client intake form. So again, if you've ever had the experience of helping someone through the recovery process where they actually have to go to a rehab facility, they have a very strict intake process where you meet with a doc, you meet with several people on the team, and you fill out a lot of paperwork. 
and that's the intake process. So it's really the intake process, the onboarding process, it's the same thing, but there is a form that we use at Bayrock, and you can see again in the, uh, if you're looking, if you're watching this video instead of listening to it, you'll see that I'm clicking on uh, the PDF version of our client intake form and it's about nine pages long so I'm going to open the other link click on the Excel version and uh, looks like I'm gonna have to open that in download so I'll open that but you'll have a link to do the, to, to grab this and you'll see it's basically a spreadsheet with several sections so the reason I put this on the website for easy access and I want you to download it to check it out whether or not you're ever thinking about working with me or Bayrock this is a great resource for you to have to help you organize yourself your financial life it's got uh, it's got a lot of information when I meet with a client I send this in a link you'll get an email from me which has a link to the intake form or yeah, the client intake form and the section that I need immediately is just the personal information so that I can contact you uh, your your email your cell phone number um, but I also need things like your employer your employer's address, your birthday, your social security number. Now, I'll never ask you for your social security number in your financial planning portal, but I will ask you to send that to me if, in fact, we're going to be working together uh, in terms of investment management. That's all what your social security number is always needed to set up accounts for you, and that's part of the process uh, if you decide to hire any financial advisor to work with you so hopefully that's not a surprise but the client intake form it's a helpful piece of the puzzle if you will in the intake process and it becomes a very helpful tool organizational tool for the financial planning process and you'll see that if you take a minute and just look at the intake form uh, and then the discovery meeting this is really the core first meeting and again a lot of times folks come to me and they just want to get started they have something they want to do they want to get moving and so we have a quick meeting and then I generally try to schedule a, a more formal meeting the discovery meeting which is really important uh, and it's really where I ask you a lot of questions that you may never have been asked before uh, like your first memory of money one of my favorite questions I learned from my mentor at the financial planning residency program his name was Rich Basillo he was a certified financial planner for many years and he took time out with the other mentors to train us new certified financial planners and so he shared some of his favorite questions and one of them that just hit me uh, immediately was what's your first memory of money so it's a question I always like to ask in the discovery meeting because when you think about your first memory of money maybe it was your first paycheck maybe it was when you received some money uh, from the tooth fairy uh, or your first job where you did maybe it was when you did chores and one of your grandparents paid you to work in the yard or help clean the house or whatever you are very likely right now thinking about your very first memories the first memory that comes into your mind about money 
and that memory turns out and there's usually more than one but one will come to your mind pretty quickly and so in the process of getting to know you in the process of understanding what matters most to you that question what's your first memory about money becomes just a great way to get to know you and a lot of times if I'm interviewing a couple he and she have never really gone through that question they don't really they've maybe never thought about or talked about their first memories of money and what happens is in the overall financial planning process if you can put yourself in my shoes I'm trying to create a financial plan that will be compelling and that will be something that really you want to lean into and so when I know what your first memories of money are very often that is a way for me to understand how you think about money believe it or not your first memories about money uh, are somehow part of your DNA your financial DNA and a lot of folks keep that same DNA that they had when they were young if they're very frugal or if they spend everything they get that's part of the question it's part of the conversation what's your first memory about money and what did you do with that money when you got it so it's a great fun part of the process I like asking strange questions and that may be a strange question but it's part of one of the questions that I like to ask in the discovery meeting uh, so again we may do a quick call just to get things kicked off and if you're in a hurry and you're not in a good place or it's just you I will recommend if you have a spouse a significant other I always recommend that we put off the discovery meeting until we can all be together and spend some time so that we can really get to know one another but mostly so that I can get to know you so that's part of the onboarding process uh, the next part is a little more involved and this doesn't this usually this can happen I should say uh, the financial planning gap analysis can happen before you sign an agreement I meet with some pretty affluent folks from time to time and one of the ways that I win their trust is by doing a gap analysis it's it's a way for for me to do something that really provides value for a family or a business owner without them having to put any money down and it gives me a chance because what happens is and I know you know this I assume you know this if I give you something of value uh, I'm trusting that you're going to appreciate that and so as we get to know one another I'm going to discover pretty quickly if you're the kind of person who appreciates something of value and I'm happy to give you something of value to work hard up front to create value for you and show you that it does make sense to work with me it will be valuable for you to work with me and I trust my own skills my own experience to know that I can really bring value to you and if you're in the process of looking for a financial advisor I'm happy to do a lot of work up front without any fees 
to win your business, to win your trust. And so this gap analysis is something that I believe, you've probably heard me talk about it before if you've been listening to me at all, uh, the financial planning gap analysis is part of the financial planning process. It's also part of the onboarding process for Bayrock. But it's really something I believe should be like the foundation of working with a financial planning professional. Uh, because if you don't do a gap analysis, a gap analysis is simply going through all of the essential elements of your financial planning life from retirement planning to risk management or insurance, estate planning, education planning. If you are like me and you want to fund some education for someone you love, like for me it's Caleb and Maddie, my grandkids, and I would like to raise sufficient funds to pay for a few kids in the community to get educated, training. So there's education, there's tax planning, there's investment management, and then the big one, cash flow management, debt management, all of these elements. These are essential elements of financial planning. And if you're a business owner, there's a few others, uh, but they're all part of the financial planning process. And there's typically some pretty big gaps in pretty much everyone I've worked with. They have this gap, these gaps that they don't know about. So my job is to do this thoughtful gap analysis in order to help you uh, identify where the gaps are so that when it comes time to me making recommendations, here's what we're going to work on throughout the financial planning process. This financial planning gap analysis creates a really good bullet list, laundry list for the work that we will be doing together. So that's step five. And it doesn't always come in these steps, but it is very important. The step six follow-up meeting, this is uh, kind of rinse, wash, and repeat. We have lots of follow-up meetings, depend, and we do that usually on a quarterly basis. In the beginning, we may want to meet every month, uh, and for some folks, we meet every week. It's up to you how regular, how frequently and regularly we meet, but my typical recommendation is that we meet on a quarterly basis or every, twice a year, at least once a year to review your plan, and your investments and so again the follow-up meetings though they're what we schedule when we have something on the radar that needs some action and usually that means homework for you and sometimes homework for me but usually what it means is I need more information from you you need to do this so that I can do that and again that all is dependent on whether or not you're hiring your financial advisor as a financial planner a financial coach someone who's just helping you take steps or someone who's actually being paid to do those steps for you and so if you think about account management setting up accounts, moving money from accounts, investing money in those accounts. Uh, you, you could be doing that yourself. You could be hiring someone like me to just give you fiduciary advice so that you know you're taking the right steps, but those steps are your steps. 
or you could be like most of my clients who hire me as their fiduciary investment advisor where I'm actually managing their accounts and I'm doing discretionary portfolio management where I'm making trades all the time in your accounts without you ever giving me permission because you give me permission by agreement up front to do discretionary investment management. So that's the follow-up meetings though are key because it keeps us on track. It keeps you moving forward and it's part of it's usually part of the onboarding process to figure out how regularly will we meet? How much work do we have to do? The gap analysis will answer that question and then we kind of figure out are we going to try to do this in three months, six months, one year? Is this going to be a three-year kind of uh, timeline? And it depends if you're selling a business, if you're a business owner. You know, it could be a five-year timeline. It, it just depends on your situation and your goals. And then the ongoing monitoring and review, uh, again, our, your success is our priority. We like our success too, <laughs> so maybe that was a Freudian slip. But it's true that ongoing monitoring and reviewing your plan is really important. And so I always ask clients to commit to that because, you know, this whole process, not only the, the onboarding process, and the financial planning process. It can't work without your help, without your involvement. So many folks, in, in, in this is true in wealth care, as well as insurance, uh, and so many other areas, folks believe somehow that they're professional because you're paying a professional, that the professional is responsible for the results. But the truth is, you can't achieve results if you are not engaged in the process, if you're not as just as diligent, sometimes more diligent than the professional. This is your financial plan. And so the onboarding process is a great piece of the overall financial planning process, but it's a great time for us to come together and, and agree on what kind of commitment? What kind of resources are you willing to put into the process to make the results reality? So hopefully this is helpful. Uh, I want to encourage you if you're if you, you you may have received a link to this post, you may be in the course 30 days to make your money count. The onboarding process could come to you from me by email. It could be a link to this to this post or you could be actually inside of 30 days to make your money count our free online course which is designed to help you maximize the financial planning process whether you're working with me at Bayrock Financial or you're doing it yourself or you're working with another financial advisor I want to encourage you to take advantage of our free premium course, 30 days to make your money count. So each of these, uh, each of these lessons inside the course are sometimes part of the Missional Money podcast, which this one I believe will be, but it's also a very important piece of the process for the folks who I'm working with, whether it's in the capacity of 
a financial educator. I'm a teacher, number one. That's what I do. I teach personal finance at the University of Houston at the Bauer College of Business. And I'm a teacher. I have the heart of a teacher. Uh, but I'm also a coach, and that's different than a teacher. I only coach people who want to get something done in their life. And I'm happy to, to do free or very low-cost financial coaching. Uh, if you listen to the podcast and ask a question, I'll give you the best coaching possible and it won't cost you anything. But the point is, you are responsible to do the things that need to be done. The third thing is, I am a fiduciary, an independent fiduciary advisor. If you hire me in the capacity of a fiduciary, you can hire me to do it for you. And that's how I get paid. And so uh, those are the three ways that I work with folks as a teacher, as a coach, or as the guy who you hire as your financial advisor, your independent fiduciary advisor. I'm a certified financial planner. I started Bayrock Financial because I wanted to be able to deliver the kind of financial planning and investment management that I was looking for and I believe it or not I could not find an independent fiduciary to provide the kind of services that I thought made sense and so today as the CEO and founder of Bayrock Financial I'm able to deliver at the very lowest possible cost the very highest value for my clients and that's why I started my own firm and that's why I do what I do but at the end of the day Fundamentally, I am a teacher. I love to teach. I have the freedom to be a teacher and own my own company. I'm sitting right now in uh, an RV at the Stephen F. Austin State Park. My wife is the official park host. I'm here to help her, but I have a beautiful, amazing life, and I'm thankful for that. And if you, if there's a way that I can help you to have a beautiful life, to build the life that you will love, um, I am honored to be a part of that process. And if you're starting out with me and you're watching this because I asked you to understand our onboarding process, thank you for listening to me all this time. I'll see you next time. Have a great day.